0: Mittens today.
1: I told you we should have glued them on Mind me to scold you when you're not such a pathetic figure. Oh, I'm just going to zap myself into bed. Gross. Some Chicken soup. It's good for you. Oh, no, dear. It's for your finger.
0: Gentlemen, Wibby's mom. Welcome to episode number 39 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is, of course, the show where each episode we venture back into the mid, I mean, at this point, wait—nineteen 1990s, to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night spell fest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Adouju, and folks, I uh, hope you got your shots, because on this episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Serena's Witch Trials, which is the name of this show, Uh, we're gonna venture along with our resident teen witch as uh, she fights a couple of illnesses and fights to, uh, well, just get her life in order, because a lot of crazy shit happens in this episode. It's finger lickin' flu, Uh, and of course, I uh, I need a guest, and I, I wanted a... I wanted a guest who I can trust on. Trust on is not a phrase anyone should use. I wanted a guest I can trust. I wanted a guest I I feel comfortable with, especially in this flu season. I want someone I can trust to not be sick. And good old reliable Phil Adouzhu is back, here to talk with me about finger-licking flu. Finger-licking Phil, if you will. Phil, how are you doing?
1: (laughs) Better. uh, I'm good, Al. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, better that you trust on me than crush on me.
0: Wow, I mean, you are quite cute. Oh, stop. My god, this smile of an angel and the ass of Beyoncé.
1: More like a pancake, but go ahead.
0: Mm, still good with butter. That's right, folks, he's my brother. <laughs> uh, Phil?
1: Yes, sir. Uh,
0: what a lot of crazy shit happening uh, before we get into the podcast. We uh, we just heard right before recording that... Uh, uh, I almost said Jason Luke Priestley. Perry. Luke Perry has died. I almost said Jason Priestley, and I didn't want to break that news before it happened because it didn't. Uh, Luke Perry has died, uh, 52 years old, I believe. Really sad story. Uh, died of a stroke he had mid-last week, I believe. And um, I believe he had one, a daughter and a son. He was divorced, but he was actually engaged also. So in all ways, just a really, really sad story. Uh, but someone who I actually came to appreciate... Recently, even because I, I only actually watched episodes of Nine Hundred Two and O, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I started watching it and I got like four seasons in. And he is one of the more captivating characters, definitely. As um, uh, I forget what his name was. Phil, you you're older, you should remember his name by heart. The character, yeah, name. I should
1: remember. No, I have no idea what his name was on the show.
0: Dylan, Dylan McKay.
1: That's it, Dylan. It was Dylan.
0: Yeah, um, a great character, and of but, course, yeah. I'm a big fan of Riverdale, so uh, I appreciate him from that also. But uh, huge was. It's very sad. Yeah, uh, best to his family and uh, to everyone who uh, appreciated the the great, very captivating, very um, I guess the best word is you know he he drew you in as an actor. He had that that um. Uh, that brooding quality that all the teen girls and Al really appreciated. Uh, but moving on, besides that somewhat sad story, Phil, uh, we're in March already. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it, Al.
1: I can't believe that March is uh, upon us already. It seems just like not too long ago we were celebrating New Year's, and That's here true. we are.
0: We we were together for New Year's, and uh, uh, crap, it's already March. <laughs> it As I think something that everyone realized a couple of days ago. But uh, yeah, I mean. At the very least, it's not June yet. I think. I think once you get to like the summer months and you have to like put the AC in the window if you live in New York City, that's when you're like, "Holy shit, where is the year gone?" There should be an app that just like at the beginning of every month just like pops up and is like, "Hey, it's already February. It's already March. Have you done something yet?" It's like, good point, app.
1: You know what, Al? I'll just, every first of the month, I'll just send you a text message to remind you. It's
0: worse than paying bills, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine. Um, Yes, episode 39 here, Phil. Season 2, episode 15. uh, Finger Wiccan Flu. First air January 30th, 1998. Written by Frank Conniff, who actually wrote the the last episode. Um, And of course... uh, I usually like to tell you what the number one song in America was at this time, Phil, but it's unchanged. We we're still rocking out to "Truly Madly Deeply."
1: Great song, by the way.
0: Excellent song. Um, and
1: I will I will not sing it this time, like I did last time.
0: Listen, we all appreciated it, Phil. Who you? you uh, if anything, you're gonna you're gonna really knock Savage Garden out of contention for best version of "Truly Madly Deeply."
1: I'm telling you, it's a great song. Very underrated.
0: But uh, something about is severely underrated Phil is your ability and your preparation to tell me in a set number of words what this episode was about. And, uh, let's do that right now. And I want you to describe finger licking flu to me in, uh, let's go with nine words.
1: All right, Al, you ready?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sabrina's finger flu turns Mr. Kraft into a chimpanzee.
0: That is nine. Uh, very nicely done. Uh, that is true. It may sound like that sentence is a bit of like a, a salad where Phil's just throwing in ideas, but that's kind of what this episode is also. So, um, a perfect descriptor of, uh, this episode and, um, some fun moments, uh, some weird moments, some really just horrifying visuals. And we're going to cover all that starting right now. We open in the living room, Phil, where the aunties are watching the Other Realm News, which is apparently broadcast by a very trustworthy chicken. Eventually, they hear that there's an outbreak of finger flu going around and take the advice to bundle up seriously, zapping on some mittens to protect their magic pointer fingers. Sabrina then comes downstairs, impressed by the beautiful weather outside, but Zelda quickly ruins her springtime outfit by zapping some mittens onto her hands as well. They explain about the flu going around, but Sabrina takes off the gloves, asking what could be worse than having to wear mittens to school, and as she walks away to leave for school, uh, Zelda zaps her into a full puffy ski suit, which uh, she knows that she gets the point of as we go to the open. (laughs) time I wore mittens, everybody teased me and almost ruined kindergarten for me.
1: Sabrina, there's a finger flu alert, and as a young witch, you're highly susceptible to it.
0: Okay, I know you guys mean well, but what's worse than wearing mittens in school? Okay. <laughs> Point made. Okay, Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, um, let's start with Richard Langston, the chicken news broadcaster who's apparently quite trustworthy.
1: Uh, he's a free-range anchor.
0: Indeed he is. Uh, were you let down, as I kind of was, that they didn't go for some sort of pun name for the broadcaster?
1: Uh, yes. Like, I mean, you think Richard Langston, you're thinking, like, the typical anchor man, you know, and you see this chicken, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I agree with you. There should have been some kind of pun name.
0: I agree. I mean, like, part of it is that you don't want to give away that it's a chicken, and you want the joke to be it's a chicken, but, like... You, get, you you you're working with a chicken. Like you've got so many options, and yes, I did write down a many of them. I, I like. Oh, I was waiting for it. <clears throat> uh, I thought Peter Henning's would have worked. <laughs> Egg Bradley. Oh, perfect! That see, that's perfect. Uh, Continue. Anne Anne curried chicken. <laughs> Bryant gumbo. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Bracaw. <laughs> and my personal favorite, Anderson Cooper. Hmm. Chicken Coop. Ah Yes. To thinker, but the best one in my opinion. Uh Peter Hennings was the first one. <laughs> Once I came up with Peter Hennings, I'm like, why didn't you he was an ABC broadcaster, guys? I mean
1: Peter Hennings perfect. that's the that was it. That's the one I would have voted for out. Egg Bradley's pretty good too. Al, oh, you should make a you should make a a poll on instagram
0: that's true which which of these pun chicken broadcaster names would you have picked? Come on, Frank Conniff work a little harder come on uh Phil Sabrina's uh springtime outfit what did you think of it here? I thought it was actually kind of nice, but just not anything a nineties teen would be wearing to school
1: um I think it was like a little kind of too much for school. I don't think, you know, back in the 90s, you you couldn't just get away with wearing whatever. Mm. Um,
0: The other thing to note is it is a very short skirt that she's wearing. She's wearing like a a skirt with a shirt and a jacket that all have the same, like, faded, kind of muted lilac uh, paisley print on them. But that's very shiny. I think it's nice. But, I mean, your point is well taken that, you know, they did have dress codes. Uh, There's
1: no high school that was going to let her walk into there like that.
0: And part of it is also that, like, she's dressed to go to like a sixties garden party. Like, she's not going to algebra. Yeah, she looks more Libby than Libby does in this episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, very very nice print and everything. Just like not the best. Uh, did you have anything else here, Phil?
1: Um, I did find it funny that uh, they thought that the gloves were going to stop the finger flu for some reason.
0: I mean, apparently they do, because later on, uh, the aunties aren't having any issues at all.
1: But, I mean, the mittens... I mean, I could understand if it's, like, a latex glove, yep. but you think, like... I mean, it's there's it's porous. A whole <laughs> glove's gonna be porous. It, it's gonna get in there.
0: The, the weirdest thing of all is, one, the infection comes in through the finger, does it?
1: I have no idea how this works.
0: And also, uh, they're all magic, and yet there's just no... Like shot for it.
1: See, I'm waiting for like you know the Doctor Bombay of the Sabrina world to come mm-hmm. in and be like, "Oh, let me help you with this." And like, maybe, as you'll see later on, we don't get that.
0: Maybe he's a chicken and his name is Doctor Bok-bay. Oh, I can't control myself. <laughs> In Westbridgeville, uh, Harvey comes up to Sabrina, asking to borrow her textbook before commenting on the mitten she's wearing, asking if she's got some eczema. But uh, she just plays it off, and uh, Valerie soon walks up complaining about her not deserving to live, as Val is worried about the idea for a town meeting that she presented to Mrs. Quick, a uh, student town meeting. Darlene, you're the only person I know that has to work up to low self-esteem. I know. The other
1: day I saw this book called How to Be Confident, and I almost bought it. But I was afraid the cashier would make fun of me.
0: Uh, Sabrina then zaps the book into her locker and gives it to Val. And uh, Mrs. Quick then quickly shows up to talk to Val about her idea, which Val is stunned that she actually liked. Uh, Mrs. Quick then goes on to say that, she has nothing to worry about because if she actually didn't like the idea, Mrs. Quick wouldn't talk to her as Mrs. Quick has a fear of confrontation. Hmm. Foreshadowing. Later in the lunchroom, uh, Val explains that the book Sabrina gave her is already working as she asked for more tater tots and got them. But um the two soon walk by a sign celebrating the retirement of the lunch lady, Miss Lunch Lady Tornassus. Um, they meet up with Harvey, who uh, who joins them, and they discuss th- how Mr. Kraft is about to give a speech in honor of the lunch lady, and her two friends ask Sabrina to politely shut the fuck up while Mr. Kraft is talking, as he- she always manages to get them in trouble. Uh, we then see the speech occur, and uh, Mr. Kraft thanks lunch lady Tornassus for her years of service, including serving food through her bout of mono- uh, he presents her with a golden hairnet before some Swappy joes spill in the kitchen, and he sends her to go clean it up. Sabrina yells out in anger that she shouldn't have to do this, she shouldn't have to clean this up, but um, she covers it up pretty well. And Mr. Craft goes on to announce who will be taking over for the one lady, that being the students themselves. Mr. Craft then goes on to explain how this will work. They'll be broken up into shifts of three, coincidentally. Hmm, three. And everyone will eventually perform a task that is except for cheerleaders and first-string football players. Sorry, Harvey, get a little better. Sabrina again complains out loud, and this is one time too many as Mr. Craft overhears and just puts her, Harvey, and their little no-name friend on the first shift. Sabrina then starts getting some weird like, cramps or feelings in her finger, and eventually uh, her pointer finger sneezes, causing magic to knock the trays off of their table. So Mr. Kraft tells them that they can begin by cleaning up the mess they just caused. Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, we cannot go any further before we discuss Harvey's green on green on green ensemble.
1: Ah, but see before that al oh
0: uh, you know what my mistake what am i thinking honestly i <laughs> i always I always remember to like bring it up, but I never write it down in my notes, so I never go straight to it but of course, it is time for Phil's costume corner <laughs> the opening Phil yes, sir what uh Odious outfit is Sabrina Spellman wearing in the opening credits of this episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch?
1: So, if you remember, Al, mm-hmm. as we have our opening, uh, Sabrina goes with a traditional Greek outfit. Yes. Uh, used by Greek dancers. Um, and then she has the line of the century, Al. <laughs> what did she say? Do you remember?
0: Uh, yes, I believe it's something along the lines of Sabrina the Greek, not geek.
1: That is it, Al. That is exactly what she says, word for word.
0: Oh man, I'm looking at this outfit right now and I mean the joke may not be the best, but that is one quality, like bazooki dancing outfit.
1: I mean they literally must have gone to like some like Greek store that's what they sell and like, oh, we need this outfit for some reason.
0: It is But yes, Sabrina
1: the Greek, not geek.
0: Terrible joke.
1: Horrible. Uh,
0: but yes, the green on green on green. It's better than her saying, like, everything's Greek to me. Or is it? <laughs> no, actually, that'd be a better line now. I feel like it was. I was like, this is also bad, but it's like, no, nah, that's probably better.
1: That is a lot better line than what she delivered.
0: Uh, yeah, Harvey's green on green on green ensemble. Uh, look, it's, it's fucking awful. It's, it's hi- absolutely hideous. Part of the issue is the very green pants, which are like forest green, but very saturated forest green, which is just like the wrong color for pants. Uh, Which also, of course, makes me think of the time Phil had very green jeans as a kid.
1: Hey, man, it's all we could afford back in the day.
0: Clearly, you and Harvey shopped at the same stores.
1: Yeah, we were cool
0: back then. Absolutely. Except for Harvey, who looks like a fucking idiot. Uh, Also, I mean, the shirt is also a big problem. Like, it's various kinds of green vertical stripes with like some brown vertical stripes in there but they all they also have like this tribal print on them it's very weird um it's just so much green and like this compared to like the outfit which i just described sabrina is wearing is like they have never looked like less of a couple in their life i mean they're technically not dating right now because they're friends but it's like you would not even put these two people in the same friends group this is dangerously Matt. close to one of the outfits that like one of the geeks wore in that "Geek Like Me" episode from season one. I,
1: I mean, even his shirt—like, if you remember the shirt, it's got like pin, it's got like stripes, vertical stripes, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that's breaking it up. But it, it is literally green on green on green.
0: Oh, it's blinding. Um, Martin Mull here, Phil. Uh, of course, uh, in his uh speech from mrs tornasus i thought does a great job but for me the standout moment of it was when he discusses her um uh, serving food while still battling mono she kind of gives him a stink face but it's like listen you're the one that decided to come to work and almost get a bunch of kids sick he's just celebrating you for it don't give, don't like scrunch your face up to him i, th-
1: I think the uh, lunch lady tornadas uh she uh i think she took the she didn't take it as a compliment. I think Martin Mull, or Principal Kraft, was uh, trying to give it to her as a compliment. Like, you know... Oh, definitely. That she was so dedicated, even through her bout of mono, showed up in school and served the kids the food that they needed.
0: Also, I wish I could tell you who played the one but but looking here on, on IMDB, rather, and it doesn't appear that she's listed. Mmm. Sad. I guess she, she technically didn't have a speaking line, so...
1: Oh, but she just stood there and, and nodded and
0: and took her gold hairnet like oh, a champ. Uh, Phil, what do you think? Here? Which
1: uh, which principal craft will mail to her? That's right.
0: Which is just um, more expensive than just handing it to her right now. Yeah, just I mean, she's right there. Just give it to her. I will spend the twenty five cents.
1: A couple of things I had um, after this scene when the pail of sloppy joes falls down and he goes yep we'll go clean it up now i'll just mm-hmm. send this to you yeah i mean it was pretty i thought it was pretty funny he
0: he is a great like he uh, martin mall does play like a great um what's the word like uh kind of like a michael scott like dopey boss like he yes you can tell what he likes the small amount of power he has and it's like everything's like a um like, an event for him. So, like, like in this, you know, having this speech for Lunch Lady Tornas- Tornassus, or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Lunch Lady Mono. t, Lunch Lady Tea. <laughs> the Lunch Lady. Um, he, you know, he, he he makes a big event out of it, but it's like, there's so much pomp in everything he does, and it's like, for, to what end, you tiny man?
1: And so, for you, Ingrid Tornanus, our appreciation and this golden hairnet.
0: nothing to worry about just a bat of sloppy joe's spilled you want to get that okay and i'll mail you this
1: (laughs) let's hear it for mrs tornadas plus like think about it when you were a kid in high school if the principal came in and wanted to give a uh this ovation to this lunch lady would you even give two craps no no you wouldn't even look at you just keep on going on about your life
0: you would however give two craps if your principal was like hey kids child labor
1: now Al, did you I know you're very detailed about, you know, looking at what's going on in the background and did you notice what was on the lunch menu this I, week?
0: I, I I gotta look at it for a second. I think it was barbecue week. It is barbecue week. It's always barbecue rib- week at fucking Westbridge. <laughs> but see, like none of the stuff they were eating no. was barbecue. No.
1: So like later on you'll see like, you know, there where the the kids are now the lunch ladies or lunch persons Um, none of the stuff that they're giving is lunch fair is barbecue fair
0: that's true but also um, the food they're giving is like the biggest variety of food and like all pretty good looking food for one for a a cafeteria it's like yeah this is one quality cafeteria I mean like this this is better than private school food I mean,
1: school food was, our school food was, like, about, about a step above dog food. Yeah,
0: you get you get a dried out piece of pizza and some fries and a chocolate milk.
1: Yeah, and then they make you pay $3 for it, and you're yeah. like, why?
0: Uh, barbecue week, apparently, ribs, pork, ham, and hot dogs.
1: Nothing says barbecue like hot dogs.
0: And I mean, not a vegetable to be seen here, Phil, it is the 90s.
1: Well, if you, look, if you look at, like, all the kids' plates, like, later on, yeah. like, you see, you see, like, everybody's got a side salad. What kid in, in high school ate a side salad? Nobody. Unless it was, like, the obnoxious, like, cheerleader girl. I mean, I, mean, I could see. But even Harvey's got a side salad.
0: During the speech, Harvey's eating a, like, a sandwich and tater tots and a side salad and a milk. It's like, you skipped the ribs for this?
1: Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, let's let's take a second to talk about the the implications of child labor here, Phil. Um, I'm pretty sure by 1998, Massachusetts and the federal government had outlawed child labor. Um, but even even if you get past that whole like, y- this is clearly illegal, and no parent would be would allow this at all. Beyond that. Teens would be the absolute worst people to empower this way in a school. Food fights are a thing, and you cannot give teens access to the supply of food. It's like giving a class full of bin Laden's the access to the bomb vault. Bad things are going to happen.
1: I I think the funnier thing is, like, we're in Massachusetts. Like, do you think, like, the, you know, we all know that, you know, schools are all... are all unionized? All the workers are unionized. There's also that, yes. Do you do you think that the second that this got out, I think old oh, old oh, Martin Mull would be out on the street. He'd be gone. It would like that. It would been over.
0: And the other thing is like, you know, there's gonna be like one time when it, there's like three. Second string football players serving food, and those three fucking idiots are gonna like start spitting in the food and dipping their balls in the mashed potatoes because they're fucking (laughs) teenage boys and that's what idiots do. It'll be fucking bedlam.
1: I'm just waiting for the first teen to get burnt on something and the lawsuit that's gonna ensue from that.
0: There's that, and also like if you thought Mrs. Tornassus was a danger for spreading mono in the cafeteria, holy shit, put a bunch of kids in there.
1: God, yeah, tell me about it.
0: This is going to end up bad. Honestly, you don't have to let Mrs. Quick tell him not to do it. It will be over in 3 days cuz someone will have died. Christ, anything else here, Phil?
1: Um, let me see here. Uh we talked about we talked about, you know, her gift. Mm-hmm. Um I did think Melissa Joan Melissa Hart here to- was
0: funny though in the scene where um where she's like she's yelling at Mr. Craft and then covering it up. I thought it was a good performance by her. I mean, you thought she was funny. I thought she was. I thought I thought that her delivery of like the quiet Mister Kraft is talking was good. All of you will be replacing Mrs. Tornanis.
1: What kind of crazy? Hey, Mister Kraft is talking. How about like the beginning of the scene when um, we have like Mrs. Quick talking about you know, or I'm sorry, Valerie. I guess should
0: wanting to die. Valerie
1: received the book. Yeah, she like first. She's like, I want to die. I'm yeah. like. A little dramatic, don't you think,
0: a uh, teenage girl, but also like the Valerie character is like Sabrina's feelings of being an outsider cranked up to ten without all the cool stuff of being a teenage witch. she's like she's like worse mortal Sabrina,
1: um, and then Sabrina did say that the that the book uh was on Oprah's book, book club. club list,
0: yes, yep. just like uh Mr. Kraft's book for s and m oh, that's right. Uh, back at the house uh, Salem is trying to get some attention from the aunties but they're both too busy as Zelda is distracted and Hilda thinks that their neighbor is stealing their paper and that's a plot line that I'm going to totally ignore in this episode because it goes pretty much nowhere. When uh, Hilda sneezes Zelda gets worried that she's coming down with the finger flu and immediately goes into nurturing mode, sending Salem to get the idea that uh, a fake illness might get him some attention from the aunts, and he immediately begins his over-the-top sick performance. This is like, me in third grade not wanting to go to school. It's this over-the-top.
1: Hilda gets attention just because she might be sick. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you, too, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: In the halls, Mrs. Quick tries to talk Mr. Kraft out of having the students work during lunch, but her fear of confrontation kicks in, and he just tells her that if Einstein had ideas like this, he could have afforded a haircut. Sabrina then gets an idea of listening in, from uh, the whole Valerie situation, and zaps in a book about confidence for Mrs. Quick, trying to give it to her casually, but Mrs. Quick says that she's not offended and takes it, but she just hopes that it's better than confidence for dummies. Back at the Spellmans, uh, Salem is still over the top faking a cough, but for some reason notes that he thinks that it has something to do with his liver. That's not how bodies work, Salem. Hilda then goes on to take his temperature, but uh, he reinforces that this has to be done under the tongue, and uh, as soon as she leaves, Salem props the thermometer directly in front of a whistling tea kettle that he uses the steam from to get the temperature of the thermometer all the way up. I really just probably popped my microphone there, I'm going to feel really annoyed by that when I have to edit this. All the way up. There we go. Cut that in now. Back at school, Mrs. Quick is trying to convince Mr. Craft to have the school town meeting, but the idea of letting kids express themselves openly is not really one that's going to convince Mr. Craft, and that is utterly fair. They're high schoolers. They have stupid ideas. He then walks by Sabrina, greeting her oddly courteously, which she oddly reciprocates, but her finger then sneezes, and the magic blows all the lockers on her row of lockers open, leading Sabrina to discover by saying that they clearly have mice. Miss Spellman? Hey, Mr. Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> and they say we don't have mice. <laughs> Back at the Spellmans, both of the aunties are now um, caring for Salem, who's gone full man flu, I've written down here. And, uh, this occurs until Sabrina comes home feeling ill, explaining that she didn't wear her mittens, and Zelda starts to chastise her, but Salem keeps trying to get his attention back by moaning. And not in a sexy way. Which you would assume, uh, you know, Salem would do, because that voice is pretty damn sexy. Oh. When Sabrina tries to zap herself into bed, her finger makes some sniffling sounds and doesn't work. And uh, the aunties heap more pity on her. Hilda gives her some soup to dip her finger in as Salem just continues his moaning to reiterate that he's sick, too. Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, To be fair to uh, Salem here, Zelda does dramatically overreact from one cough from Hilda. Like, she pretty much just clears her throat and Zelda runs to go make tea and offers her sister a blanket. Like, she doesn't have polio, Zelda. She was just outside in the cold for a little.
1: Well, it's funny, because, like, she coughs, and then, like, she puts her hand on her chest. Yeah. Like, one little cough, and you're like, like, it's the end of the world or something.
0: I mean, she is probably 600 years old or something, so it's like, eh, maybe you feel stuff worse. But, I mean, come on, like... You live through the Depression, you live through, like, the Black Death you would probably be fine uh, uh and then what do you like have you here, said
1: uh, well um a couple things that i had um yeah the the whole well like you said that you didn't want to talk about it but i'm going to bring it up uh oh a rebel stupid, oh yeah i know but the 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 line where the neighbor is taking the newspaper literally goes nowhere and it's completely pointless
0: I mean, you don't even get like a visual of the neighbor or anything, and of course not because that would be too expensive. But it's like, it's it's one of the dumbest things from this episode, just because like, oh, I'm gonna zap an Indian burial ground under his house, and, and I mean, Zelda, <laughs> Zelda does raise the accurate point that that will bring down the value of houses all over the neighborhood. Um, and it's
1: not helping nobody.
0: No, um, but well, let's move right past that because it's dumb. Um, Phil, do you love all of the Salem being sick things? Because I kind of do. <laughs>
1: Um, it literally, like you said, it was me in like sixth grade. Like, these are all tactics that I use. This is where, this is where we learned it. School.
0: We, we learned it from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean,
1: I was a little bit older than that by then, but That's true. You, you, this you, is probably where you learned it all. Probably. Uh, I mean, you would have been right. You said about third grade. Yeah. it's about when you were
0: there. Yeah. I mean, picked it up in reruns yeah. and then uh, <laughs> my mom was always confused why I loved tea so much, but it was all just to get the kettle going. <laughs> Yes, mom, can you please start some tea? And also I'm not feeling well, and can Under you leave for tongue. fifteen minutes? <laughs> yeah. Under the tongue. Mom. Something else I used to say to Mom. Um <laughs> the, the one oh, funny thing friend. about this whole tea kettle thing is like when Salem is standing in front of the tea kettle, the tea kettle mm-hmm. is like percolating and blowing steam out really vigorously. It is just sitting on the counter.
1: Oh, I never noticed that.
0: <laughs> it's like it's not anywhere near any heat source. It it, it should not be like, just viciously shooting out steam. It's like, well, the other
1: thing, it's like it's it's just he's standing in front of it, yeah. And you think to yourself, like, if it's throwing out steam like that, it's boiling. Yep. But you're right; it is just sitting on the counter.
0: It's just like I, I on just the looked
1: ca- it up. It's just sitting on the counter.
0: <laughs> and also, it shouldn't be comfortable for him to sit directly near. <laughs> but I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, like,
1: well, if if. If you put the the thermometer there, your temperature is going to be like two hundred and twenty degrees.
0: That is the other thing. Yes, <laughs> the the aunties are really dumb if they hadn't picked up on this already.
1: And then, do you see how Hilda like takes his temperature?
0: She like sticks it in his mouth.
1: No, no, like like you know how like when you're sick, your mom would like put your well, mom would put your like her hand on your forehead to see if yes. you have a fever. Yeah, she literally sticks her finger on his nose. Oh,
0: she she does do that. Yeah, that's kind of cute though. Yeah.
1: It is kind of cute. Uh,
0: also, just like uh, the Salem puppet holding a thermometer is kind of cute too.
1: <laughs> it was kind of cute just sitting there. But the like, the one
0: thing is like, uh, just use an electric tea kettle. Those you can just leave sitting anywhere. Like this this is the most obvious has to be under uh, over a burner tea kettle you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, you would
1: think like it would be just like, you know, you have a you have like glass like tops yep. countertops. Just put them on a glass countertop.
0: The funny thing is, like, if you look uh really closely in this, up. like, in this image, you can mm-hmm. see the the wire that's leading up to a tea kettle to make it like shoot steam out. <laughs> I love me some physical props. Oh though. yeah, there it is.
1: There's literally a big white wire coming from it.
0: I love it. Um, what what else do you have here? Uh, did you like the um? The whole Mister Craft Sabrina exchange, like pleasantly exchanging hellos, like <laughs> it was kind of
1: weird. It was
0: like, oh, Spellman, Mister Craft. It's super it weird like, because, like, up until now they've been mortal enemies, including the last scene. But I really do just like I literally went aw because it's just like, oh, what a what a nice little exchange of them two, just being like, oh, have a nice day, and you, and then like. Did you see like what she does with her hand? The like the sneeze thing?
1: The sneeze. Yeah, like she like spins it around and then like shoots forward. Like she's like sent like doing a spell.
0: Oh, that magic is getting out one way or another, Phil. <laughs> All the lockers opening up. Again, some more some some good physical um some physical effects which I always like to see. I feel like they go a long way in carrying the the tone of the magic and like the expression of the magic and they just look way better than some of the cgi that we got early on in the season which was all pretty bad anything else to add phil
1: um i did have one more thing to add um uh, when he's getting when salem's sick mm-hmm. uh hilda says if asked if he's doing a horrible uh jerry lewis impression yeah.
0: to be fair that is what he was doing <laughs> uh, hey.
1: It's what it literally sounded like was a horrible Jerry Lewis impression. He just lady? had to say
0: I was saying, he just had to say the term "lady" and it would have been a hundred percent. Lady, that's pretty good, Phil. Thanks, man. It's no Nick. Pichai, I working, but... I've
1: been, I know, I've been working on that all morning.
0: Actually, would <laughs> oh, anyway. The next day, Serena tries to sneak past the aunties to get out to school, but they stop her. And eventually, her lie about being all better is revealed by her massive red, inflamed finger. Let's see
1: your finger. Oh, it looks fine. Come on. Not only have you got finger flu, but you've obviously gone blind.
0: She wants to go to school, as she doesn't want to let Harvey and Val do cafeteria duty on their own, because in part it was her fault. But Zelda tells her that she's not going anywhere, and that she can spend the day with Salem, who's still sick also. We uh, then get to see Salem happily reading Doonesbury... In the kitchen until, of course, uh, the witches walk in and his laughter turns to throat clearing. The, t- the two sick Spellmans, or well, one sick Spellman and one sick cat, are then seen on the couch watching some sort of Western. Um, they complain. Uh, Sabrina complains about n- having nothing to do with just watching TV all day, and Salem says n- for her not to criticize his lifestyle. Uh, But the Western they're watching is soon interrupted by breaking news. Sadly, not by a chicken reporter, but uh, we get a live shot of Westbridge as there is mayhem in the cafeteria. As an understaffed Harvey and Val are being pelted with food by some angry teens. Exactly what anyone knew would happen if you gave teens any power in a high school.
1: We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for a special report. Chaos at Westbridge High School.
0: And just let me assure the public that we do have the situation under control. I'll be seeing to it that the two lunch servers who caused this fracas will be expelled. They are Harvey Kinkle and Valerie Burkhead to be expelled, impaled on stakes, and paraded through town.
1: Sources say this would have never happened if they hadn't been shorthanded.
0: Mr. Kraft is then interviewed, doing nothing to stop the food throwing, by the way, (laughs) just standing in front of it, uh, he says that the teens who caused the fracas will be expelled or impaled on stakes and paraded through town, whichever is faster. The reporter literally goes on to say that this wouldn't have happened if they uh, had one more person working. uh, Hint, hint, Sabrina. But uh, we soon see it was all a dream as we get that, you know, dreamy... uh, transition effect but sabrina still does rush out to go help her friends as she fears for the worst at the cafeteria sabrina runs in asking where they need her but val pretty much notes that they're doing fine and they think she's being insane because she's talking like she's insane where do you want me sabrina i thought you were sick i couldn't let them turn you guys into kebabs okay well she obviously still has a fever Harvey runs to go get more tapioca pudding, and, well, when Valerie starts freaking out that the tater tots are burning, Sabrina throws her the oven mitt she was covering her giant finger with, and uh, soon after, the finger sneezes on Mrs. Quick, jolting the teacher back, and uh, when Wibby criticizes Sabrina's subpar chili scooping skills, Mrs. Quick tells Wibby to get out of line... And she gestures at Libby, magically sending the mean teen flying back, eventually getting covered in Harvey's massive tray of tapioca pudding. And only now, when I read the phrase, covered in Harvey's massive, did I think that the tapioca pudding <laughs> kind of looked like some sort of jizz.
1: Bod- bodily fluid?
0: Yes, it it. I mean, it looks like some sort of gangbang occurred here. As Missus Quick marvels at her newfound—I'm just going to jump right back into it—her newfound assertiveness, uh, Sabrina realizes that Missus Quick must have caught her magic. What just happened? A little chilly, please. Hello. I know scooping is a difficult skill to master. <laughs> That's enough, Libby. Get out of line. <laughs> This is quick caught my magic! Okay, Phil. A yes, lot sir. to talk about here. Um So by this point in the episode, Sabrina's finger has become just massive, red, and hideous, and bulbous. Uh yep. what did you compare her prosthetic finger to? Uh
1: I don't think I'm allowed to say what it looked like.
0: It looked like a hardly beaten dick.
1: It looked like a badly used wiener, yes.
0: Uh, I also had here bruised corndog and bulbous E.T. It kind of did look like an E.T. finger Didn't that it, had like, been
1: swollen. Yeah. You, did,
0: you did expect her to like, touch fingers with Harvey. And then for him to immediately dump more tapioca pudding on one Genoey Green. <laughs> oh no. Man, poor Genoey Green does work for her money on the show sometimes. Cause Man,
1: literally- I mean, she got really... She got a shitty deal out of this.
0: I don't know if I have a screen cap of it, but I'll, I'll, I'll get one if I don't have one. Not not for personal use, just for oh, uh, just for the Instagram, doing it for the but, uh But um, yeah, she she made her money. She earned her money on this episode. Um, also, I have written here equally hard to look at as Sabrina's finger is some of the outfits in this scene. Um,
1: of who exactly?
0: Uh, I, I was re- referencing here when Zelda, Hilda, and Sabrina were all um, standing together when Sabrina tries to leave for school.
1: Because
0: mm. basically, Sabrina is wearing this very weird, like, faded mint green blouse with, like, black leaves and vines on it. Not a big fan. Um, Zelda is wearing a slightly better, like, powder blue skirt and jacket ensemble with a fur trim, which I didn't hate, uh, but didn't really look like Zelda so much. It looked more like something Hilda would wear, perfectly, honestly. And honestly, um, anytime Zelda isn't wearing a a a button-down that's tied at the waist, it's just a waste of time. (laughs) But the the most egregious here was was Hilda and her uh, black velvet vest with mm-hmm. sorry, it's more of a suede vest with like gold leaf on it and then a gold crushed velvet blouse underneath. It's I I don't know what is happening here, but uh I'm not a fan. And I don't think Caroline Ray was if you listen to interviews she's done about the outfits that they had to wear on Supreme Teenage Witch. None of them are good.
1: I mean it, it it's the sad part about it is like it matches her hair. So if you look at it, it's like one like solid look of like blonde all throughout. It looks terrible.
0: Phil, what did you think of the fracas in the cafeteria? Uh,
1: of the daydream? Yes, let's go the daydream. Dreaming? Yes. Um, I, I agree with you. It's like, so this is like chaos breaks out, breaking news. Um, you know, first of all, in a real world situation, like, there would be no camera crew that just shows up. That is true. <laughs> all right. But in any case, you know, if this is going on, where are like the authorities? Where, where are the police?
0: Where are the where other are, teachers like- to just stop them? Like there are lunchroom monitors and like lunchroom, like, you know, counselor, well, not counselors, but like just teachers and employees of the school in the lunchroom, making sure kids don't like murder each other.
1: Well, I mean, Mr. Kraft is just literally standing there taking an interview as this yes. is going on. Uh, I mean, well, why would you need anybody else? I mean, he's the literally the vice principal. Wouldn't you think, like, he's working? He hard. should be able to stop this. No, I'll take an interview from Action News Eight.
0: That's right. I just saw, I just saw the the mic flash here. Um, yeah, Mr. Kraft uh, trying to get trying to break through to become a commentator on Action News Eight.
1: And and for the actors, how bad do you feel for like? You know, for uh, Lindsay Sloan and Nate Richard, yeah, they, they are getting pelted with all this food. They really were getting it suit. bad.
0: Like those those background actors were not pulling any punches or like corn.
1: No, it, it was it, there was like no like joking about it. It wasn't like oh like like they were like pelting them with this stuff.
0: It is crazy. Um,
1: although it's funny because I'm looking at like. You know, we were talking about like the cafeteria food that they received, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at this. It looks like a buffet. Oh, it's ridiculous! You know, at like a casino in Vegas. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It is like there's like there's like fried chicken. There's a thing of tater tots.
0: Yep. I'm like mashed potatoes. Also, I mean, come on! It is every food that like it's like every cheat meal you could want. (laughs) And then he's like, and
1: then of course he freaks out about the tapioca pudding. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, Valerie's like, I'll cover you. And, like, you know, uh, my favorite line out of this whole scene is, um, comes from Libby, where she says, Miss Tornadas had a sixth grade education and <laughs> did a better job than you guys.
0: Also, how is it exactly that one woman did all of this work? <laughs> like,
1: There's no way. There's no way.
0: There's usually, like, probably. Th- three people serving and then like three other people in the back at least like i mean i mean
1: in when i was in high school there was at least like three or four people up there serving and then there was like one person like by milk who just that's all they did was mm-hmm. give out milk
0: and of course the stupidest thing here is like someone has to prep all this food this food just isn't like made because the kids yeah. don't get there and make it
1: yeah so that's the other thing that made no sense to me is like are the kids making the food too?
0: Because that's an all day event.
1: Yeah, like so. I don't understand if these three kids are gonna be making the food
0: all day, Mister Craftily. Really do you the really ball.
1: want? Do you really want the dumb, the dumbest kid in school to be making your food?
0: Mm. Uh, I, I thought it was also fun that, like, set wise, if you look at the like the, the the service area of the cafeteria, they clearly just like rejiggered the actual cafeteria set. Because mm-hmm. like those double doors where the students are coming in from are the same double doors from the cafeteria itself. It is, uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense considering that they probably only needed this set for a grand total of like three minutes of visuals. Yeah. So you're not gonna build a whole new set, but like it's just fun sometimes to see that because like the uh, if you look really closely at those double doors, there's a flag right next to one of them, mm-hmm. and that same flag is is next to the uh, cafeteria door. Mm. Breaking news here!
1: How how great was it though when fucking Libby got the tapioca pudding put on her?
0: It is a lot of fun. Listen, any anytime, any time any. Uh, teen sitcom baddie gets their comeuppance with food. Getting the, it's like it's it's a total like Balkan skull thing from uh, Power Rangers, where at the end of every fucking episode, there's always a cake or there's a big bowl of juice or there's like a mm-hmm. like a or smoothies because they went to that stupid smoothie shack or whatever it was called. And I'm like Balkan skull are always gonna take that thing right in the face, <laughs> either that or they're gonna fall into like a paint roller thing or you know or wet cement. It's always one of those. Leave him happy at the end, Phil. A happy ending, just like what Nate Richard gave to Genilee Green. That'll I mean, probably that, that, w- that'll probably get cut.
1: <laughs> um what I thought was funny though was literally this whole episode for um for Valerie centers around tater tots for her. It does. So the bane of it. her like existence. The- her vein of her existence is literally tater tots. Like the beginning, she gets more tater tots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now she's the tater tots are about to burn, and then later on, she still gets more tater tots. That's so
0: the, she 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 learns the most lesson out of anyone here. It's like, oh come on, tater tots are so easy. Give me more, but now she appreciates how hard they are to make.
1: Tater tots are the greatest potato product there are. So
0: they are. Um, I I told you actually we were talking before the um. We were talking before the the podcast about what I did on Valentine's Day, and I told you that we went to a me and my me and my girlfriend. I can say that. Uh, oh, it's, it's it's awkward to say. All right, it's awkward for oh. me to say because like yeah, but uh, we we went to a we went to a place on Fourteenth Street that dabbles exclusively in chicken nuggets. Uh, the Nugget Spot, I believe it's called, and pretty damn popular on a on a Valentine's Day, but uh. Previously, we had gone to a place that only does fries and like you know different toppings and stuff, but they also do tater tots, and their tater tots were much better than their fries. Like the fries were good, Mm. but like I ate through those tots much faster.
1: Yeah, I am a huge fan of the tater tot.
0: Well, when you're in New York City, you know where we're going, Phil.
1: Oh, Al will have to take me out.
0: It's it is literally the smallest hole in the wall, by the way. It's called The Fry Guys, if you want to look it up.
1: Now that he has a girlfriend, I guess I'm not the one he's going to take out.
0: Well, look, Look, Phil. (laughs) I I already said you're attractive, but I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) And ladies, sorry. This one is taken now.
0: That's right. You had your chance. You had your chance. Uh, It's called The Fry Guys, by the way, those people interested. uh, It's down on the Lower East Side.
1: Also, fry guys, if we're still looking for people to sponsor us, so.
0: that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, also, they must be making a shit ton of money because, like, they they were they had some people going in there, and they their rent must be like forty dollars. It's definitely not, but like judging by the size of that place, it should be forty dollars. Mm. Um, anything else to it's, add here, Phil?
1: It's probably like four thousand dollars. Oh
0: yeah, fuck where they were definitely. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I really didn't have anything else. I think we pretty much covered it all. Um. I think we're good to go. Awesome. Back at the house, the aunties arrive home, and Hilda notices that Salem smells like chocolate, uh, which he covers as he used bonbons in lieu of cough drops. Cough buffs. Hold on, now. Maybe you need one. Cough drops. Salem, you smell like chocolate. uh, We didn't have any cough drops, so I substituted bonbons. (laughs) and uh, this causes them to begin to suspect that he's faking. They decide to take his temperature again, and Zelda insists on a more accurate reading than his mouth, and uh, sadly for Salem, it's not his armpit. Uh Uh-oh. Back at school, Valerie comments on Mrs. Quick's newfound forcefulness, as when they walk through the halls, Mrs. Quick magically straightens out the spine of a student to uh, make sure that he doesn't slouch anymore. Sabrina then goes to call her aunt, and when uh, she picks up the corded public phone, um, she has trouble dialing with her big chunky finger, and Mrs. Quick says that if she had a nickel for every time that that phone took a quarter from her. Basically, Mrs. Quick, you're hoping to lose 15 cents, okay? That's what you're hoping for. Uh, That math doesn't add up. But I believe, does Sabrina end up retrieving a bunch of dimes? Um, uh,
1: it looks like, there's coins. Yeah. I don't know if they're quarters or dimes, but definitely coins right. shoot out.
0: The line was a, a dime for every time that phone took a quarter from her. Um, eventually, she, Sabrina does call her auntie. Zelda picks up, and she explains what happened. And Zelda tells her to get Mrs. Quick to their house. When Sabrina says that she can't trust her finger as it's been sneezing all over the place, Zelda tells her to do it the mortal way. Okay, I need a blindfold and a gun. The aunties, uh, then come to discover that Salem is faking, so they decide to have some fun with him, and, uh, Hilda kicks this off by telling him that he's very sick, and explaining that there's only one remedy. No, not the sympathy that Salem is looking for, but an ice-cold bath, which leads Salem to scream out for the SPCA. Sabrina then tries to trick the, uh, teacher to get her to take her home by, uh, telling Mrs. Quick that she's not feeling well. Her tummy is a little bit rumbly, if you will. But Mrs. Quick is distracted by wanting to talk to Mr. Craft about the student lunch program and how it shouldn't continue. Uh, Basically, this is interrupted by Sabrina's malfunctioning finger, which gives Mr. Craft a hot foot. Uh, Mr. Craft is then also the only person so far to notice Sabrina's hideous, hideous finger. Um... She explains that she slammed it into a car door, but Mrs. Quick goes off to talk to Mr. Kraft, who's already left for the cafeteria, but he, she does tell Sabrina to uh, maybe see the nurse about her stomach and some sort of surgeon about her hideous finger. Mrs. Quick then catches up to Mr. Kraft in the cafeteria. He basically tells her that he doesn't want to annoy the kids by doing this program. That's just a side benefit, but he's trying to appease the school board. She, then gets angry, calling him the school board's trained chimp and uh, gesturing at him, causing him to become a very, very fashionable chimpanzee. Tie and vest. She uh, begins freaking out, and when Sabrina sees this, she realizes what is needed. Some rose-colored glasses. That's right, Sabrina's actually going to use magic to solve one of her problems. Uh, There's a fun bit here where Sabrina tries to use her finger, but it it's congested, so she sprinkles pepper on the finger to get it to sneeze out some magic and zap in the glasses. She then puts the rose-colored glasses on Mrs. Quick, who uh, stops freaking out immediately and uh, says that everything is going to be fine. She's sure that everything's going to be just fine as Sabrina weeds the group back to her house, and Mrs. Quick just comments on how fun Sabrina's dripping finger is. Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, I do have to say that I think... Uh, is it Mary Gross who plays Mrs. Quick? Yeah. Yeah, she's doing an excellent job here. Um, this scene is actually a lot of fun f- for the Mrs. Quick character, I think. Because like, very quickly in the scene in the cafeteria, Mary Gross goes from being like angry and you know having a backbone to completely falling apart and totally freaking out that Mr. Kraft is a chimp and that she's going insane... To like being almost irritatingly like uh, positive, I think it's a, it's a fun like hit peak and valley that she goes on very quickly, and I think Mary Gross does an excellent job here. You, you're nothing but the school board's trained chimp. <laughs> oh dear, I'm freaking out. I thought I was being confident. But it turns out I'm just insane. (laughs) I think uh, to hide the heart from conflict and clashes, what we need are rose colored glasses. Mm. (laughs) What am I going to do? Mr. Kraft is a chimp, and the world seems altered somehow, and I'm sure everything will turn out just fine.
1: Yeah, it's almost like she's like she channeled her inner, like Rastafarian. Yep. For the second time around, like, oh, like, yeah, man, everything's going to be okay.
0: Every little thing is going to be all right.
1: It was just like, oh, every, every, yeah, man, sure, whatever you say. Oh, that's wonderful.
0: I do think also that the um, the rose-colored glasses are one of those great, uh, another example of that, like, Sabrina thing where let's take a phrase from popular culture or, like, a turn of phrase and turn it into a physical thing. Mm-hmm so like oh rose colored glasses here they are and uh I mean, she
1: almost she almost looked like oko ono there for a second
0: yeah she uh she she it is a very they did find some very red glasses to put on Mar- mary gross and um if nothing else she looks cool as fuck uh chimp mr Craftville.
1: yes as durable as can be three-piece chimp
0: don't you love it? Three-Piece tri- Three Chimp should have been what the episode is called. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's
1: what this last episode will be called. Three-Piece Chimp.
0: I'm a huge sucker for this, mostly because I'm a huge sucker for any time that like any character in anything gets turned into a monkey, and the monkey is wearing the same outfit that the person is. Mm-hmm. I just love that. I don't know why. I just like, I love that level of detail where it's like, okay, so we we got, we got this outfit for Martin Mull, and then we had to go out and make this chimp outfit also. I love that.
1: The other thing I don't get is like, so her finger's congested, like she can't do any magic, but all of a sudden, like she realizes, oh, if I use pepper, I can make these glasses.
0: Well, I mean, that kind of works because the whole episode, her finger's just been like sneezing magic out. So when it's congested it was congested before when she couldn't zap herself into bed I don't think I mentioned that but uh before when she got when she got home sick she tried to zap herself into bed and couldn't zap herself into bed because her finger was congested. So it does make sense that she she has to clear the nose of her finger essentially by making it mm-hmm. sneeze by putting pepper on it. Although if to be fair if you don't figure out that that's what she's doing she looks absolutely deranged cuz she's just putting pepper on her finger. <laughs> Uh, also she's look a little deranged. At one point, when uh, when she is freaking out, Mary Gross or Mrs. Quick says that um, it's in, in the background. She's like, "It's just what the doctor. It's just like what the doctor told me." It's like, "I want to hear more about that backstory. I want to go to therapy with Mrs. Quick. Let's do that for an episode." <laughs> I mean, look, let's not do it with the next episode because the next episode is actually my favorite episode in season two. But uh, we'll get there when we get there. Anything else to add here, Phil?
1: Um, Not really. Um, I think that's probably the most interesting thing that happens uh, in this segment.
0: Very true. Cut to the Spellman House, where Mr. Craft the Chimp is destroying Sabrina's room, as Zelda says that they're all going to the other realm to see Dr. Brickman, the foremost authority on fractures. But he's good at crazy stuff like this, too. They then uh, all get into the winning closet and Mrs. Quick yells, we, because she's having such a great time on the trip. We're going to a doctor? Oh, well, good. I'm due for a check <laughs> Wee! Wee! There, Yeah, she's like the pig from the Geico commercials. She is literally from the pig from the Geico commercial.
1: Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry, wee, 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 all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! Wee!
0: Wee! Wee! Wee, wee, wee! Max, uh, They're all then in the waiting room as a nurse calls Sabrina in and Hilda stays behind with Mrs. Quick and Mr. Craft, offering a Chimp Craft a magazine that she's done reading so he can eat it. In the examination room, uh, Zelda says that there's something she has to tell Sabrina about Dr. Brickman, but he soon enters, revealing it, that he's basically a nine-year-old. Hello, I'm Dr. Brickman. (laughs) Let me guess, he has cold hands? Don't worry, he performed his first operation, too. I even supervised my own birth. I'm a complete professional. (laughs) Zelda says not to worry, though, as... He did his first surgery at two, and he adds that he even supervised his own birth, which must have been fun for no one. Um. He, also, he remembers his own birth, which must really be not fun for him. He then examines Sabrina, noting that her finger looks distended and yucky. Oh, shoot. My insurance only covers ooky, but not yucky. Uh, and he notes that he has to drain the finger, but... Sabrina freaks out, saying that he's not coming anywhere near her with something sharp. We then go back to the waiting room and see that Mrs. Quick, uh, she gets a little bit tired because her eyes are tired from all the lovely sights that she's seeing through the rose-colored glasses, so she takes them off and immediately goes back into full freak-out mode, uh, and then I, I do love this as Caroline Ray, just, while reading, casually knocks her glasses back on, and uh, she notes that Mr. Craft is a chimp, just like Curious George. Ooh, my eyes are a little tired. <laughs> Must be all the lovely excitement. <laughs> Mr. Kraft is a joke. Mr. Kraft is a joke. Just like Curious George. <laughs> we uh, then cut back to the examination room where we see Dr. Brickman draining Sabrina's finger with a spout as he notes that he invented it. He then says that he's ready to examine the others and. In- upon doing so, believes that Mrs. Quick should uh, point at Mr. Craft and cough in order to turn him back. When Sabrina says that they should probably get some rose-colored glasses for him, Brickman decides to use something far more scientific, that being a pup. Uh It's known as a sucker, and Zelda explains that whoever licks it will become a sucker and believe whatever they tell him. This happens as when Mary Gross turns Martin Mull back into a human. Uh, Hilda sticks the lollipop in Mr. Kraft's mouth, and he instantly believes that he's on a rescue mission with the FBI. Uh, he also believes that President Clinton calls him a big, stupid head. Which I would love to hear President Clinton say. But, I, Phil, I'd, I, I know you don't like to break out your Clinton impression too often. So.
1: <laughs> My Clinton impression isn't that good.
0: No. You're a big stupid head. It's actually not that bad, really. It's not better.
1: <laughs> better than you thought it was going to be? Yeah. Principal Kraft, you're a big stupid head.
0: That's why he's a Republican, Phil. So. <laughs> Sabrina and... Uh, sorry, the uh, Dr. Brickman then tells Sabrina to take two Q-tips, two magic Q-tips, and stick them in the mortal's ears, turn them counterclockwise, and they will forget what they had happen. Sabrina then does this back at... Westbridge, uh, just as Mr. Craft finishes his Wally pop and begins to wonder what's going on. uh, Both of their memories are erased. Uh, Mrs. Craft's... Mrs. Mrs. Craft's... We don't meet her for a while. We don't meet her for like a season. Mrs. Quick's rose-colored glasses are then erased. And um, they go right back to the argument they were having about being a trained chimp. But when it looks like Mrs. Quick is about to... Return to her non confrontational ways, she stands up for herself. Do you realize what you are saying and who you are saying it to? Well I I I, I oh, She's lost all her confidence. I mean yes I do. You're their little monkey. You just do what they want you to do, even though deep down you think it's wrong. You know, I used to respect you. Well Hey, you really know how to hit a guy's sore spot, don't you? You'll never teach the students values by exploiting them. Mr. Kraft is hurt by this and realizes that he probably should hire a lunch lady. He gives in to that, but he says that the students will have to keep working until then. Uh, although, with some additional arm twisting, Mrs. Quick does get him to admit that cheerleaders and football players will also be working in the cafeteria. Phil. Yes, sir. So much to talk about here. Uh, so much. I think we should start with Dr. Brickman.
1: <laughs> Young Dr. Brickman?
0: Yes. Uh, oddly enough, this is not the one and only appearance for Dr. Brickman. He comes back a few times in Sabrina. Um, oh. I, th- I think it's an okay joke that he's a kid, you know? Um, he does look like every kid you would see on, like, a Flintstones Vitamins commercial where in the 90s we like... He's kind of capricious and like he, he's very talkative. He's, but he's like kind of a dork also. Ten
1: million strong and growing.
0: That's right. Um, I did like the the joke of him being the authority on fractures, but we're still going to him because he's pretty good with this too.
1: Okay, Doctor Brigman is expecting us now. He's the foremost authority on fractures. Please do not have bad at stuff like this. I mean, he is like you know another realm doctor, so it would make sense to me.
0: And an inventor, Phil. Do you remember the name of the, the draining mechanism that he invented?
1: Oh. No, I don't. It's like the the icky something something. I don't remember. Go ahead.
0: It was the wicked cool drainy thing. Ah, wicked yeah.
1: cool drainy thing.
0: So you can tell, obviously, uh, the Spellmans went to Other Realm, Massachusetts, because that drainy thing is wicked cool.
1: Wicked. What was the blue thing coming out of it?
0: Uh, magic, I guess.
1: I don't know what. I mean, what kind of infection is blue?
0: It's too much magic stored up in her finger.
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, you should probably see someone over the age of you know six for this. Then
0: yeah, which bodies are very different than mortal bodies in some ways. Apparently, um, I although I will say with that like that image of Sabrina having that like that spout around her finger and that blue liquid draining out of it is Mm. one of my most remembered things from Sabrina with Teenage Witch. Really? Yes. Like, I have vivid memories of not so much this episode, but definitely, like, that image of Sabrina having that spout around her finger. Just because, like, I thought that was such a cool thing. Like, that is a great uh, imaginative, like, magic-y way of illustrating that she's getting her finger drained. And I I vividly remember that, and just like oh, turning the spout to have the finger water drain out. Like that is as a kid, and even now, that is something that just totally works for me. It's 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 kind of like the it's kind of like the giant flan in season one, where it's just like it's such mm-hmm. a stark visual. But like yeah. even while I may not remember the whole episode well, I definitely remember it.
1: Um, what about what did you think about when they fly, when they showed the scene or? um mrs quick realizes that you know he's turned into a chimp yeah in the waiting room Mm -hmm. and like you said hilda literally just adjusts her glasses and she's like oh okay wow this is great
0: i think it's so much fun just because like hilda is so uninterested in everything that's going on and like again mary gross does have to like run the gamut of emotions in like 30 seconds and she does it really really well and like as, as soon as her glasses come off she is straight at 100 yep it's great. just like Curious George. Another great line. Um, there is a weird thing that happens here when when Sabrina and uh, when Sabrina turns Mister Craft back, or Mary Gross does, and then they go back to Westbridge. When Mister Craft and Missus Quick are having that conversation in the cafeteria, uh, you see Sabrina like in the background listening, and Mister Craft is like, "Fine, I'll hire a lunch lady." And she like celebrates a little. And then they walk out of the cafeteria, and that's where, um, that's where he says that cheerleaders and football players will also be involved. But after that, he does like a monkey walk down the hall. Yes, and he passes Sabrina. Yeah, which is just weird because like you were just in the cafeteria.
1: Maybe she just was like, "Oh, f this, I'm gonna walk out."
0: Maybe this is the one time she decided to use magic and just teleported into the, the hall. It's like, eh, it's like 40 feet away. I don't really feel like it. It's been a long day.
1: <laughs> this camp, I gotta make sure this finger works still.
0: Um, the one other thing I had here, Phil, was the uh, the suckers. The magical suckers. Yes. Uh, so we find out that their magic is to make the people wicking them believe whatever they tell them. How do the Spellmans not just have like a bowl full of these sitting on their coffee table? They always uh, need to convince someone of something.
1: Yeah, I, I they always have to convince something that somebody that yeah that what they're seeing is not really what they're seeing.
0: Half the time it's Mr. Kraft <laughs> just like Usually
1: like they should literally just infuse him with this liquid.
0: There is a there's an episode I think it's next season where actually um Mr. Craft's wife comes back cuz he is divorced and um she turns out to be a witch, spoiler alert, and uh we find out that She's been giving him potion to keep him, like, subservient. So they go on the Jerry Springer show of all places. And Jerry Springer, also a witch, uh, discovers that there's too much potion in Mr. Craft, so they drain him of all the potion.
1: Oh, do they use the little doohickey uh, nozzle thingy?
0: Sadly, no. It's just like Jerry Springer points at him. Hmm. Um. But yeah, anything else you had here, Phil? Um not really. I think uh did, did you like the performance of the kid playing Dr. Brickman?
1: I think so. I think he did pretty well for his age. Yeah. Um you know, he didn't stutter lines or he didn't, you know, where where we seen younger you know, younger actors really messed up some lines in their show yeah. on previous episodes. He, he actually was pretty good.
0: He kind of feels like he's just like um uh, mumbling his way through his lines a little. Right, but I mean, it's it's not the worst. I, I think it kind of works with him because like that kind of carries the feeling of like a doctor who's just like is going to see patient after patient. He's just like, hi, I'm Doctor Brickman. Hi, yeah, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, whatever. It's like it kind of works. So he doesn't have to be super emotive. Yeah,
1: if he's like overly excited or you know if he was you know it wouldn't it would not have the same feeling. I mean, like you said, it just looks like it's just another doctor taking another patient. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, what's going on?
0: Carl Michael Windner played uh, Dr. Brickman, and he has done He's very little else.
1: He's got three names.
0: He sure does, and that's why he... Uh, he uh, was in
1: Slappy and the Stinker.
0: He was. He was in um, an episode of American... Uh, sorry, that's a movie? I don't know. He was in American Crime, but not the one I think. Uh, uh, he was in... Oh, <laughs> He was in the TV series Something Wilder with Gene Wilder. Nice. Not really.
1: Oh, he's slappy in the stinker. That's that's huge. He, had, uh,
0: he made all his money and that. He didn't have to act anymore. Slappy in the stinker in the cafeteria. It's got, it's got JTT in it, man. Does it? That's actually not that bad. Hey,
1: slappy in the stinker
0: in the cafeteria. Val joins Sabrina and Harvey, noting that apparently all her confidence is good for is getting tater tots, which Harvey is very happy about. Uh, they then discuss how assertive Mrs. Quick is now, as she strongly but sweetly stops the kid from running through the calf. Um, Val says that she wants to be just like Mrs. Quick, only without the shit teacher's salary, and they uh, then take in the floor show, that being a horrified Libby pushing the lunch tray cart while trying to pinch herself to wake up from this horrid nightmare. Uh, As the credits roll, in the kitchen the aunties terrify Salem with the thought of needing surgery for his glands and this happens until he eventually gets terrified and uh does admit that he's been faking everything they chastise him like a child and he apologizes like a child as the episode closes and uh, salem does still note that he still has that knot in his fur that started all this because uh he wasn't getting the attention what he needed to be brushed really badly Salem, I hope you've learned your lesson.
1: It's wrong for a cat to cry wolf. I'll never do it again. Mm, Okay. (laughs) I still have that knot, you know.
0: Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, Anything to note here in the closing moments of this episode?
1: Um, Again, we have the tie-in to more tater tots for Valerie.
0: That is true. And, and, And she really does have, like, two platefuls of tater tots on her tray. They didn't Which get- let me tell
1: you something. If that were the case, I'd be dating Valerie because <laughs> I love me some tater tots. Also, and if listen, this girl can bring them. I'm going.
0: Listen, even without the tater tots, '90s Lindsay Sloan is nothing to scoff at.
1: Uh, I mean, I would probably say she's a lot hotter than Sabrina.
0: At times, I mean, I thought like early on when uh, early, early, sorry, early on in this episode when uh, she comes up to Sabrina and is like, "Why am I allowed to live?" She's wearing a pretty nice outfit herself what a leg yeah on display um but yeah that's where the episode closes i think the one good thing to note about this last scene with salem and the aunties is uh this whole scene salem has a little like ice pack on his head and he looks adorable
1: salem is always adorable but yes uh, Six Salem is even more adorable.
0: He really is. Uh, a lot of fun screen grabs from this episode alone, just with Salem's. Uh, that is the episode, Phil. Um, and as you know, every episode of The Witch Trials, we rank the episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch. We just watched on our very, very scientific scale. Much like the suckers, very scientific. We TGIF scale, the This Good I Feel scale each, each number on this one-to-five scale has a corresponding TGIF show. Phil, where does Finger wicking Flu rank for you on this scale?
1: For me, this episode is kind of a middle-of-the-road episode. Um, it's kind of like there's no real story that builds into it. Um, we've kind of talked about it before. Um, that it's kind of, you know the quizmaster isn't involved in it so mm-hmm. there's no build in to that story right it's it 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 doesn't show any relationships that we've learned new relationships that are made uh, to me it's kind of like a throwaway episode mm-hmm. um so for me i'm going to give it like uh a, like a low hanging with mr cooper
0: i think that's fair i think i i think i liked it slightly more than you i'd give it probably a high hanging with mr cooper Uh, I think some of the jokes in here are are actually funny. Like, all all of Mary Gross' stuff is fun. I think there's some fun moments from Sabrina herself. Uh, And I think, uh, obviously, the Salem stuff is usually pretty, really, really pretty good. Or pretty, really good, depending on your thoughts. And uh, I think it works well. I like like the B story of Salem being sick and Salem trying to get attention. Um, And I think the... While the finger flu thing kind of feels thin as a concept, I do like where it goes in that, you know, the story of Sabrina Sabrina's magic going into someone else seems like something they would have come up with early, and I mean, it's something that they do multiple times in the series, but uh, I think this is a fun way to get to that, where Sabrina gets sick, and she's contagious, so someone can catch her magic. I think that sort of flows as a concept, and uh, is, if nothing else, somewhat original. So, a middling episode, but... I think, a bit on the higher end for me. But the main event here, Phil, of course, is the Back of the Linen Closet Award, our episodic award for each installment's biggest fashion flop. Uh, Phil, you know, last episode we did together, we said that there weren't many contenders. I think there are many more in this episode, personally. But um, uh, who gets it for you, Phil? Who is your Back of the Linen Closet recipient? Is it the chicken with his tie?
1: Oh, see, the, the, see for me, it was hard. Like you said... Uh, Last episode, it was really hard because there was not that many uh, to pick from. But this episode, there were a few more. Um, Is it Bazooki Sabrina? No. See, that was close. See, for me, I think that Hilda's black gold Mm -hmm. ensemble was pretty hideous. Um, But yes, for me, it was kind of tough because that was the one that But probably a close second was going to be. Uh, Sabrina's uh, lilac-colored shoes and whole ensemble. Mm. Um, and probably a, a, th- a close third to that one was Green on Green by Harvey.
0: Yes, and your third is my first, because I can't let Nate Richard slide on this. Uh, it's the whole outfit for me. Um, I totally get where you're coming from with Hilda's, because it is not in any way good, but like this outfit Nate Richard is wearing looks like something someone would have looked stupid in in 1997 like it is not one of those things that would have been cool then i feel like he would have looked like an idiot then um the one good thing is the shirt does fit him well but besides that everything about this outfit is terrible and i wouldn't have loaned him my textbook if i was Sabrina and i saw him wearing this uh two odious outfits two hideous garments uh they're going back into the linen closet and um with that, I believe, that is the show. Phil, always a pleasure to talk with you, uh, always insightful on uh Sabrina Teenage Witch and many other things. And I do promise that when you're in New York, I will repay you with all of the tater tots you want. Uh
1: first of all, you probably you gotta be careful what you promise there, my friend. <laughs>
0: hey, listen, I mean I but, could eat
1: some tater tots. I
0: was gonna say New York City prices, uh <laughs> slow down a bit. <laughs>
1: Um, but I will gladly take some that are in an air fryer at the house, no problem.
0: Fair enough. Uh you should you should check out you should check out uh we'll check out the Fry Guys website once we're done here because they do have several varieties. Uh, uh but thank you again for being on the show. Always a pleasure to talk with you.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you again for inviting me.
0: And I want to say thank you for everyone. For listening, um, of course, you can listen to us wherever you listen to us and, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes and also on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like us, comment, subscribe, all that on YouTube. And follow us on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter is the other one. Follow us on Twitter. Always, what a fun gifts going up there. What a fun, memes going up there, a lot of fun videos going up there, all that stuff on Twitter, and of course follow us on Instagram so you get our Instagram stories every once in a while whenever Al's like, hey, I haven't done that in a while, let's do that. Uh, next episode, uh, next episode of Sabrina we cover, will be episode 40 of Sabrina, season 2, episode 16. My personal favorite episode from season 2 of Sabrina with Teenage Witch, it is Sabrina and the Beanstalk. Mm. Uh, One of my favorites from the series entirely, and uh, partially it's because we get a hell of a guest star in Shelley Long, uh, a character who I really wish they would have brought back and uh, used throughout the series. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. And until then, I want to say one last time, thank you to everybody for listening, and we will see you in the other realm.
1: So what you're saying is that this Westbridge town meeting will actually encourage the students to express their opinions.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, why don't we just let the students run the school? That'll make for some high SATs. But no name-calling. <laughs>